Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam greeting you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well. We are still on the subject of the blood covenant. And today I want to share with you another story of the blood covenant uh, from the Old Testament. And that is the story of David and Jonathan. And uh, I would like to start reading from 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. It says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day, and would let him go no more home to his father's house, then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and his bow and to his girdle. Now, this is uh, the story of David and Jonathan. In fact, if you go to the preceding chapter, 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17, and I believe from verse 55 onward, you would see how, uh, how David went into, went into battle into battle and the Lord was with him and they saw his bravery. Saul noticed his bravery and then asked, uh, you know, his commanders who he was and he found out it was David. So he called David in and then began to talk to David. And it says that David spoke to Saul and Jonathan, uh, he, his, his heart was knit with the heart of David and he loved him as he loved his own self. And Saul took him that day and wouldn't let him go back home to his father. And Jonathan and David cut a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan, he it says he took off his robe and his gave it to his to David and his sword and bow and girdle and all that. And and you know, as I said to you, they went through that ceremony when they exchanged coats and they exchanged their cloaks, their robes, and they exchanged their weapons and all that. And then, but there is no mention of the actual cutting, making of the incision of the covenant, but that is implicated uh, by the, um, because it is mentioned that they cut a covenant. So when it says karat berit, that they cut a covenant, so that it's, uh, you know, uh, the implication is that they actually made the incision. So they made the incision and they made, made the covenant. And then it says here, you see, Jonathan, was a godly man, unlike his father. Saul was not a godly man, but Jonathan was a godly man. And when he saw that David had the hand of God upon his life, he said to himself, this is a man of God. This is a man of God. And God has his hand upon this man. And I want to be his covenant brother. And that is what Jonathan saw in David because David was a, a man of God. God had his hand upon David and God was blessing him. And, and you know, uh, and when he saw that, and David, you know, Jonathan saw that because you read, you go before that, you will see how, how, how Samuel, the prophet Samuel anointed David. So they knew that David uh, had, you know, Jonathan saw that. He saw that David had the hand of God upon his life. And he decided, he said, this is a man of God. I want to be a covenant brother with him. So that's why they cut the covenant. Jonathan and David got together. They cut the covenant. They did the incision and they cut the covenant. They exchanged robes and they exchanged their weapons. Now they were brothers. Now, 
When that will happen, everything that each had belonged to the other. And this covenant was to last for generations. And they both, both these men, they wanted to do God's will. Now we see this because I'm going to read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 19, 1 to 3, because Saul, you know, Saul was a very weird kind of person. He had a uh, odd personality because on one hand he wanted David close to him yet on the other hand he was jealous of David and he actually wanted to kill him uh, he wanted to kill David at the same time so Jonathan's father Saul was against David and wanted to kill him so in first Samuel chapter 19 verses 1 to 3 it says <coughs> and Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David because he was his, his uh, covenant brother. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father seeks to kill you. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning and abide in a secret place. That means hide somewhere. And hide thyself and I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and I will commune with my father of thee and what I see that I will tell you. This is an interesting situation because you see Saul wanted David around him because David was a mighty warrior and um, at the same time he hated David was jealous of him and wanted to kill him. So Saul he called Jonathan and his servants close to him and he said listen I want to kill David let us kill him but Jonathan who was Saul who was David's covenant brother and Saul's son he sided with David and not with his father and actually warned David he says listen my father wants to kill you go and hide yourself and whatever my father says I'm going to report to you so that you stay safe this is interesting because Jonathan, look, I want you to understand what a godly man he was. He knew that it was his own interest that his father should kill David because if David died, then Jonathan would be the king after Saul. But Jonathan was a godly man. He was not interested in becoming a king at the cost of the life of his covenant brother, David. All he wanted was to do the will of God. And that's why he was a pure and godly man. That's why he, he, he warned uh, David about his father's designs towards him, you know, against him, that he wanted to kill him. So then we see, we see a reaffirmation of the covenant in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 16 to 17. So it says, so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan called David to swear again because he loved him for he loved him as his own soul. And 1 Samuel 20 verse 42, and Jonathan said to David, go in peace for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord saying, the Lord be between me and thee and between my seed and thy seed, between your children and grandchildren, my children and grandchildren. And he arose and departed and Jonathan went into the city. So Jonathan reaffirmed his, 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 his brotherhood with David 
and you know reaffirm the covenant <coughs> well then what happened was Saul and Jonathan they were both killed in a war in a battlefield and then after that there was war between David's and Saul's houses and this was the, the main reason was that Saul had tried to kill David so many times made several attempts so there was a war between and in that confusion when that fighting started there was a young boy called Mephibosheth the son of Jonathan now Mephibosheth was a little boy he was the son of Jonathan he was just a baby so when uh, David's uh, family and Jonathan's family I'm sorry not Jonathan Saul's family began to fight with each other in those days you know revenge was a expected thing so uh, so Saul's house they thought now David is not king he's going to kill all of us so there was this boy called Mephibosheth he was being taken care of by a nurse she got afraid for the little baby's life so she thought that David's people will come there and kill this baby because this baby is the grandson of Saul who did a lot of wrong things to David so she took this little boy and ran away and while she was running away escaping she dropped the boy and his legs were broken and the boy was crippled uh, and so uh, what happened was she went to a, a little place called Lodibar she went to Lodibar and there she raised this little boy and uh, he became a young man in Lodibar now here's the interesting thing this boy's name was Melf uh, Mephibosheth Mephibosheth the son of Jonathan the grandson of Saul and so now Mephibosheth is living in you can imagine him living in a dusty old backwoods place called Lodibar living in poverty he is the grandson of a king and the son of a prince but he's living in poverty because all his life he had been told don't let anyone know that you are the grandson of Saul and the son of Jonathan because if David's men find you they are going to kill you because your grandson did a lot of bad things to David and David is out after to kill all of you everybody from that family and you're going to die and so don't ever breathe to anyone who you really are don't tell anybody that you are from the family of Saul and so here is Lodibar he's crippled he is growing up in this uh, little place living in poverty and all his life he's lived in fear of the king hoping that the king would never find out who he is and where he is because when he finds out I'm going to die but the greatest tragedy of Mephibosheth's life was that he did not know that his father was in a covenant with the king that David and Jonathan were covenant brothers nobody had ever told him that so look at this what happens um second uh, samuel 4:4 and jonathan saul's son had a son that was lame of his feet he was lame he was crippled he was 5 years old when the news of saul and jonathan uh, came of jonathan saul and jonathan out of jezreel that's where they were killed in in a battle in jezreel and his nurse took him up and fled and it came to pass 
and she, as she made haste to flee, that he fell and he became lame and his name was Mephibosheth. So all these years pass. Mephibosheth is lame. He's been raised by his nurse uh, in, in this village of Lodibar. Now what happens many years later? 2 Samuel chapter 9 verses 1 to 13. One day David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? So I, I, this is just me, my imagination. David is sitting on his throne and he's thinking of old times. And then suddenly he remembers his covenant brother, Jonathan, and how much he loved his covenant brother. And he looks at the little scar on his wrist, you know, that incision where they made the covenant. And he remembers Jonathan and he begins to think, surely there must be somebody there from that family who I can show kindness to because of my covenant with Jonathan. Because see, the covenant responsibilities is that, uh, is that I will raise your children like I raised my own children. Everything I have is yours. And when you're gone, I'm responsible for your family. That's a covenant responsibility. So he began to think of that. And David said, is there yet any left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. So uh, the king, he said, Is there anybody here from the, you know, from the house of Saul? And they said, Yeah, there's a guy called Ziba. He was a servant of Saul. Let's call him. So he, they called him Ziba. And verse 3, the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan has yet a son which is lame on his feet. So Ziba spilled the secret. He says, uh, Your Majesty, Jonathan has a son. His name was Mephibosheth. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodebar. And then the king said, King David said to Ziba, he said, go and bring him. Bring the son of Jonathan here. In verse 5, then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodebar. So you can imagine, here is Mephibosheth sitting outside his hut. Distance, he sees the cloud of dust and he sees the king's horsemen approaching his village. And they come and they said, who is Mephibosheth? We are the king's guard. We have orders here to get Mephibosheth. And he says, I'm Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth thinks, now they have found me and I'm going to die. So they take Mephibosheth, come back to, they take him back to David. The verse 6, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth answered, he said, behold your servant. And David said unto him, fear not, because I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I will restore you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. This was not what Mephibosheth was expecting. He was expecting to be killed. But he says, 
don't be afraid. You saw the fear on his face. He says, don't be afraid because your dad, Jonathan, your father was my covenant brother and I'm going to show you kindness for the sake of my covenant brother. And but Mephibosheth couldn't believe this was true. So it says in verse 8, he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon a dead dog as I am? He called himself a dead dog. He really thought he was dead. You know, he's going to die. And then the king called Ziba Saul's servant and said unto him, I have given unto your master's son everything that belonged to Saul and his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the fruits and your master's son may have food to eat. And when Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread always at my table with my family. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so shall it be. And then it says, um, so, shall, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, says the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. And he did continually eat at the king's table and was lame in both feet. Hallelujah. What a wonderful story. And this reminds me of the redemption we have in Jesus Christ. I just want you to think of that. That there is a wonderful, this is a wonderful, beautiful story of redemption. Mephibosheth, you think of it, that David had a covenant with Mephibosheth's father, Jonathan. And he remembered his, his blood covenant brother, Jonathan. And then he decided, I'm going to find out where his family is, who, who they are, and see what I can do for them. And so that's why he, he asked Ziba, the servant, he says, is there anybody left from the family? He said, yeah, there's a boy called Mephibosheth. And he said, bring him. And he brought him. And Mephibosheth was thinking that David would kill him. But instead, David said, no. He said, Mephibosheth, listen, everything that belonged to your father, I'm giving it to you. Until that point, Mephibosheth's greatest tragedy is that he did not know that his father was in a covenant with King David. But now he realized, he knows, and that's, that's why he was blessed. Now, Mephibosheth was not blessed because of anything that he had done. Mephibosheth was blessed because his father had a covenant with David. And in the same way, you know, it pertains to when we talk about, I may, may be going ahead of myself because we're going to continue to talk about God's covenant with Abraham, then we didn't talk about Jesus, and we're going to talk about the new covenant and all that. But, but I want to, I want to, um, for, for you to understand this, that you see, there is a new covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a covenant. And we who are in Christ, because of the sacrifice made by Jesus, we are in a covenant with God. Now, most of us, we didn't know that, you know, although we were Christians, we were in church and, 
And, uh, you know, when I was a young Christian, I was in church, nobody ever taught me on the blood covenant. I didn't know what it was. I saw the word covenant in the Bible, but I really had no idea what it meant because nobody was teaching me uh, these things. So I always thought that whatever God does for me, he will only do that which I deserved. That was it. If God ever used me, if he ever blessed me, it was because I deserved it. If I didn't deserve it, he wouldn't bless me. He wouldn't use it. So that was the first thing. And, and I believed that. And of course, because I believed that, uh, I didn't have many blessings in my life because I always examined myself. I, and I was always falling short. I was always under condemnation. And I was not deserving of anything. And I never got anything because of that. I got... I mean, I was blessed just enough. I got by, but it was never, you know, that abundant life, the blessed life as we talk about. And uh, then after that, after years, I began to learn about grace, that it's not because of my works, but it's because of his grace. And then I understood, oh, okay. So even salvation, I didn't deserve it. So I began to understand the grace of God, that how Jesus loved me before I was born and he died for me. And uh, so it's by grace. So it's not because of my works, it's because of grace. So salvation is because of grace. And of course, I have to appropriate it by faith. But every blessing from God is because of grace. And I, as a child of God, I have to appropriate by faith. So I began to learn about grace, what grace was. Then I began to understand faith and that how the blessings that God gives by grace have to be appropriated by faith by the believers. I began to understand. But then the next thing I had to learn was about the covenant, the blood covenant. And how do I fit into the covenant? So I knew that there was an old covenant and I knew there was a new covenant. And I knew that God had a covenant with Abraham. But I never understood that I was in a covenant with God through the blood of Jesus and what it meant. And then I... Then I read the story of Mephibosheth and I realized that this young man, Mephibosheth, he, he really had nothing to do with David. He, he didn't, I mean, you know, he was the son of Jonathan. That was it. But he didn't know that his father, Jonathan, had a covenant with David. And because his father was in a covenant with David, he also was in a covenant with David because this covenant thing went for several generations. And so at the end, Mephibosheth, ended up sitting, dining at the king's table every day along with the king's family because he was the son of the king's covenant brother. He was like part of the king's family and he had the same rights as the king's own children and he sat with the king and he dined breakfast, lunch, dinner, all his meal at the king's table. He was a part of the family. And, uh, and you see, that is, that is a covenant privilege. And so then I learned that Jesus made a covenant with the Father upon the cross of Calvary. He shed his own blood for you and for me. And because of Jesus, and then we, I talked to you about Alaka, about friendship, about the giving of the self. So I realized that when I am in such a deep intimacy relationship, intimate relationship with God. I'm in an intimacy with him. So I, I, I kind of attach myself to him and drink of his life and, and want to be a part of him. And then I, 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 in a way, I renounce myself and give myself 
totally to him and become one with him uh, like Abraham did. He believed God and, 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 and was declared righteous. So when I give myself to God, so I am declared righteous. And, and now I'm walking in a covenant, uh, in the blood covenant that Jesus established with the Father. And so through Jesus, I'm, a co I'm in covenant with the Father. And because I'm in a covenant with the Father, I attach myself to the Father so that everything I have, belongs to him. All that I am, all that I have, holding nothing back, belongs to him. So that's why for me, you know, I don't talk about, it's not a question of tithe. Shall I give 10% or, oh, 10% is too much. I won't, can only give 5%. No, everything belongs to him. Everything I have in my pocket, if God, God tells me to give it away, I give it away. And I've done that. I've done that many times in my life. There are times I've given away everything I've had on me. And, and so that's covenant living. That means that I, I, I renounce myself and give myself to Jesus, totally attach myself to him. He who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. And so what happens when I walk in this covenant with the, with the Father through Jesus Christ, I give myself to Jesus. I belong to him totally. All that I have is his. Then at the same time, what happens? All that he has is mine. That's the covenant privilege that I have. So everything that the Father has is mine. And I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. And I lack nothing. I lack absolutely nothing. And I sit at the king's table and dine with him because I am family. Do you understand what I mean? Beloved, you, when you are walking in a covenant, with the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. You are part of the family of God. And that means that everything that you are, everything that you have belongs to God. And you are no longer you are your own, but you belong to Jesus. But by the same token, Jesus is yours and the Father is yours. And everything that the Father and Jesus have belong to you. That's when you can say, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And so you belong to the Father and the Father is yours. Everything you have, all that you are belongs to the Father and all that the Father is and has are yours. And that is why we are, that's what it means to live in covenant with God. It's not transactional, but it's relational. We walk with Jesus. We walk with the Father. So anyway, we're going to talk more about these things, but I felt like I had to take the story of David and Jonathan because this shows that closeness, the intimacy, the brotherhood between blood brothers and how God wants to have that relationship with you and me. Of course, he is God and we worship him. We are nothing without him and we bow before him. We submit ourselves to him. But in the covenant, we give ourselves to him and he in, sin, in turn, he gives himself to us everything that he owns, everything that he has. And that is why living in covenant, there's no, we have no cause for worry or for fear. David walked in covenant with God. That is why he said, you know, I was young and I'm old. I've, ne I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging bread. Beloved, God will never leave you nor forsake you because you and I are walking in covenant with him. So that is the key. We choose 
to walk ourselves in covenant. We, like Abraham, believe God. We believe God. We trust him. And that deeper kind of trust in which it's not just that, okay, I believe God, but I give myself to him. I give all that I am, all that I have to him. Uh, and then I embrace him and hold on to him and drink of his life, his wonderful saving life. And, uh, to be like him. Hallelujah. Anyway, we'll talk more about this tomorrow and God bless you. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the saving life of Christ that is in us. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful salvation. Thank you for the blood covenant we have with you, Lord Jesus, and with you, Father, that we belong to you. We have a closer relationship with you than David had with Jonathan because you have loved us as you have loved yourself. You gave your life for us and you purchased us with your own blood upon the cross of Calvary. So we thank you for your grace and your mercy. I pray for all my brothers and sisters out there who are hearing the sound of my voice. I pray for their families. I pray for blessings upon us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you and I'll see you again tomorrow.